time for episode three of the Mariners content creator spotlight. This time we got Ben Ranieri of the sea level Substack coming up here on the locked on Mariners podcast. Let's sail. You are locked on Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, February 23rd, 2024. This is Tidy Gonzalez for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. And on this episode, we continue our Mariners content creator spotlight series with Ben Ranieri of the C-Level Substack. I have known Ben for the last couple of years. Really good dude. Really talented dude uh, who makes great content over on his Substack, the C-Level Substack. And if you don't know who he is, I'm really excited to introduce you to him right now. Let's get into it. All right, I am here with Ben Ranieri. His Substack C-Level is one of the best sources of Mariners content out there. Lots of good written content on there, podcasts, some really cool interviews with guys like Ryan Divish, Cade Marlowe, Pitching Ninja, and uh, most recently Tanner Stokey, the hitting director over at Driveline. So if you're interested in what Ty Rance has been up to this offseason, you should definitely go check that out. Uh, Colby and I have also been on the show quite a few times. It's really good stuff over there. Ben, pleasure to have you on. You and I talk pretty much every day off air, but it's always nice whenever we get a chance to hop on the mic. So thanks so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start here. How did your Mariners fandom begin? Mariners fandom. Um, so I grew up, uh, I grew up a, actually a Yankees fan in my very early days. My dad was a big Yankees fan. So my like probably till I was about eight, I was a Yankees fan. I was more like of a Jeter fan. Derek Jeter was my guy growing up. That's what I wanted to be like. That's what I wanted to swing like. Um, And then I was about, it was a bad time to get into Mariners fandom because it was probably about, I mean, I always kind of followed them because I was an Ichiro fan and stuff like Mm. that. But um, I, I grew up in Boise, Idaho. So we had, access to Mariners games. Um, that, that was what we had as a, as our local, that was the local team. Um, and so I basically started watching every fifth day and Felix was my guy. So getting to go yeah. last year to watch, um, his ceremony was, was super awesome and super meaningful to me personally. And he was kind of how I got into it. And those offenses were pitiful. I mean, that was terrible. Like, seems like couldn't score any runs. Um, yeah. but I tuned in every fifth day to watch Felix and it just kind of, I don't know. I've always kind of been a, a guy who, who kind of loves the underdog. And so I, I started kind of pulling for the Mariners more than the Yankees fandom felt a little too easy. And so I just kind of fully dove into the Mariners um, 
because of you went Hernandez from and, one end of the spectrum yes. to the complete opposite yeah <laughs> yes and that was i mean that was when the yankees were like really good like they were signing cc sabathia yeah. and yeah. aj burnett and all those guys so like they were pretty legit and um i don't know just kind of something drew me to the mariners uh loved felix i wanted to be felix um and then just kind of snowballed from there and been mariners diehard ever since what was your uh what's your favorite felix moment Ooh, favorite felix moment um man it was just like i i really enjoyed the this is my house um, uh, yeah, that was a great that one. was a great one yeah. i mean the perfect games and that's a pretty easy answer yeah. but this is my house so it was kind of like okay this is our guy like he's got us every time he's on the mound they got a chance to win um that's probably my favorite uh I mean, getting to watch him actually underrated moment is mm-hmm. seeing him come out and I was at the playoff game and seeing him walk out. Uh, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Like seeing him walk out to throw the first yeah. pitch was yeah. an all time moment in my full circle moment in my life. He didn't get to be a part of the playoff team, but man, like seeing that guy come out um, and throw the first pitch was that was an all time moment for me. It's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, uh, it was awesome. So I obviously am aware of this, but I, I'm sure our listeners want to know what got you into covering the Mariners and how did you get your start and how have things kind of progressed over the last couple of years? Yeah. So I, um, I always liked writing a lot, um, but I, I really wanted to have a voice. I felt like I had the capability to have a voice and I felt like I wanted to share my opinions. I didn't really know how to do that. Um, so I got in touch with Chris O'Day over at um, Soto Mojo, and I just kind of started doing that. Um, I was writing articles, and I enjoyed it. It was just more of like a, when I had time to do it, um, I would do it. And then did that for about a year, and then obviously got uh, linked up with you guys at uh, SI Fan Nation and, and did that for a little while, and and mm-hmm. now we're here doing C-level stuff. So, So... In what ways, because for those that don't know, you've played the game, um, you you know, you go to driveline, you, you're you're very much connected and involved in, in baseball still. Uh so in what ways do you feel playing the game has helped you in your content creation? Because it's a very unique perspective that we don't really have a ton of, particularly in this community. Yeah, so I feel like the biggest thing for me um, is the kind of some of the perspective that that driveline's kind of given me and just playing the game. Like I played in college, but I'm not going to say that I was like a, a super excellent college player or anything like that. Like I had to work really, really hard to be even as good as I was, which was not great. Um, and so part of the thing that I've really taken into um, the content realm is that this game is really, really hard. So like I feel like I have a pretty good perspective of like how hard this game is, and it's easy for us to be um, kind of armchair couch quarterback, like mm. be really really critical of the guys out there. But it's a really hard game, um, and so when guys are going through struggles, like I really feel for guys, like when right. they're really going through like Ty last year, for example. Like um, I know it's easy for us to sit on Twitter and be like, this guy sucks. Like he's, he won't stop hitting in a double plays, all this stuff. But like, I really feel for 
guys that are searching for something like it happens to professional baseball players it's a super super hard game that's why the guys that are so consistent day in and day out end up in the hall of fame because it's a super hard game um so i feel like the just the failure of the game in general has always really stuck with me and i i try not to be too critical of guys even when they're going really bad um Mm. because i know how how hard it is and how much it can beat you up mentally and it's a and also like Another thing is the actual physical grind of the mm-hmm. game is something that I don't think that people fully realize how much these guys put their body through. Like by the end of the year, everybody's got a nick or a bruise that they're dealing with. Right. Um, and so it's just a really hard game on a lot of levels and I have a lot of appreciation for it. Um, so yeah. So I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, but that's fine. Ben has a baseball reference page. <laughs> oh God. I do. I do. Uh, I want you to, to tell me your best moment playing the game and your worst moment playing the game. Best moment. Um, okay, this kind of ties a little bit full circle. So I spent... Um, so my freshman year, I didn't have a single extra base hit. Like, not a single extra base hit in, in college college baseball. Um not, not one. I could not Damn. hit the ball over an outfielder's head to save my life. Um, came back the next year. I spent a little bit of time at driveline after my freshman year. Um, came back the next year and was a little bit better. I had a little bit more pop, but still like kind of struggled to find my way into the lineup. And then my junior year, um, bef- the summer before my junior year, I spent a ton of time at driveline pretty much that entire summer. Um, and I was even battling, like I had some shoulder dislocation stuff that I was kind of fighting through, but I was really determined to like figure out how I could maximize my career to the best of my ability. So I spent a ton of time with, I actually had Tanner Soki. So the, the same guy that's worked with JP primarily, um, Tanner Soki and Max Garrett, shout out to those guys. Um, both of those guys I worked with pretty heavily at driveline. Um, the summer before my junior year, and literally, I'm not kidding, like never had hit a home run in my entire life, not in Little League. Yeah. I was always like just kind of a speed guy, like singles, get on base, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of a tie. I had two I had two bombs that year after training at Driveline. The first one was, I'm pretty sure I had COVID, but I was really sick. Um, we came back from an Arizona trip, so I was really sick, and I let off the game with like, an actual bomb like it was pretty legit uh felt pretty good um so i let off the That's game awesome. with a bomb and then the next weekend i had a ninth inning um three run homer to tie the game Let's so those go. those two are probably tied nice. for the best moment um and then worst moment jeez there's a lot of them um <laughs> i got a concussion probably the worst moment jeez. was i got a concussion my senior year like three or four days before the season opener. So I missed the first two series and like just kind of struggled with the the effects of coming back from that and just never yeah. really found my way back into the lineup. So um yeah, that's probably the worst moment. But Ooh. the best moment was definitely my my driveline evolution story and being able to actually hit a ball over the fence twice. So if, if you had to grade your tools, how would you grade them? Ooh. Uh 
hit tool is probably like a 20 or a 30. Um, <laughs> power, probably a 20 or a 30. The only thing I could probably Until run, you went to driveline. Did you get, did you get a little I, bit the, of a... A little bit like of a, a bump, for sure. Yeah. A little bit full, of a bump. Maybe full like grade a, bump, maybe? Yeah, probably a full grade bump. Yeah. All right. Let's, all right. Um, I, could, I could run a little bit. Um, defense was my thing. I was a center fielder. Um, so that was always kind of my calling card and the thing that I could lean on. But uh, yeah, I was probably I wasn't the fastest, but my my jumps were pretty good. I'll, I'll give myself that. So defensively, that's definitely definitely my best grade. I had a decent arm too, probably like a little bit above average. Obviously, we're not talking on the, on a major league scale here. This is a, sure. a low level college scale. We're probably Gr- grading on a curve. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> More from my conversation with Ben Ranieri in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Backblaze. Backblaze offers unlimited cloud backup for Macs, PCs, and businesses for just $99 a year. You can easily protect business data through a centrally managed admin and protect all the data on your machines automatically. It is easy to deploy across multiple workstations with various deployment options. You can also add on enterprise control, which includes granular access permissions, advanced single sign-on, group management controls, and compliance support. Backblaze also offers multiple restore options, including rapid recovery in the event of data loss or ransomware. And you can access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using the app on iOS or Android. Visit backblaze.com slash locked on MLB so they know where you came from and continue to support the show. Backblaze is recommended by the New York Times, Inc. Magazine, Macworld, PC World, and many more. You can receive a fully featured, no risk, free trial at backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. B. Go there, try it out, and start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. I'm here with Ben Ranieri of Sea Level. So, Ben, what is your creative process like? My creative process is well, it's it's changed a little bit. Um, I don't. One thing I've definitely noticed: I love I love writing. Um, I do love writing. It's very time consuming. Um, and I have a, I yeah. coach as well. Um, and so I got a pretty busy schedule. Um, and so like, it takes a lot of time for me to sit down and write. And like, I just, I didn't get, I got good feedback on, on my writing, but not, it didn't get the type of viewership that was really driving my site forward a lot. And so mm-hmm. I've really shifted more to podcast stuff. Cause it's just, I think it's easier for people to digest. Um, sure. It's easier for me to just sit down and talk about my thoughts rather than to sit down and write about them. It's just, it's more time efficient for me. Um, so for me, it's like, it's kind of week to week, depending on, I'm always kind of searching for people that I can, I'm always kind of shooting my shot at trying to get interviews and stuff like that. So that definitely feeds into it. If I have an interview, I'll kind of plan my week. Um, content wise around the interview and kind of plug that on my other shows. But um, I'm definitely just kind of planning out week by week at this point, especially in the off season. Like I I always do a a trade deadline guide. I always do like an off season guide and a free agency guide. So I have those things. And then from there, I just kind of like go with the flow of, of what the rumors are in the off season. Um, And then it certainly helps with like, Mm what kind of questions do I get from listeners? Like I want to talk about what people want to know um, and where I can share my best information. 
And so I'm, I'm definitely during the season, it's more just like reacting to what I, what I find significant during games. And as the season kind of goes along, that's kind of how I roll just day to day. Um, and then the off season, the off seasons where I plan stuff out a lot more. And then during the season, it's just kind of reacting to how the team's playing and um, kind of just recording my thoughts on that. So you were credentialed. I was able to get you credentialed when we were uh, doing our thing over at SI uh, for a few months there. Uh, I'm I'm sure there's people listening right now that would like to know what that's like being a credentialed writer, uh, being able to be in the clubhouse, go on the field, et cetera, at T-Mobile Park. Yeah, it's it was really, really cool. Uh, shout out to you guys for that, helping me. You've, you guys really helped me just get my foot in the door. Um, and I, I gotta for sure give a shout out to, it's been extremely helpful to have, to make connections in the industry. Yeah. Um, big shout out to Larry Stone and Ryan Divish. They've mm-hmm. really taken me under their wing. Um, Dave Sims actually on my first day, I don't think Divish was there on my very first day. I still need uh, to get Simsy on the show, by the way. Yeah. I've, I've, I've DM'd with him twice. And he's been like, yeah, I'll come on the show. And then I'll reach back out to him. And he like doesn't say anything. And yeah, I, just, yeah. I never I never check back in. So yeah. I, need, I need to get I need to be more on top of that. But we need to get Simsy on the show for sure. So Sims is the man. Um, so my yeah. very first day, I don't think Divish was there. And so I was I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was freaking out a little bit. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. Um, yeah, I think I, I sh- called you a couple of times that day and we yeah. talked a little bit. So. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. freaking out um, and I I reached out to, I didn't know what to do. Divish wasn't going to be there. I didn't know where to go. So I, I reached out to Dave Sims. Um, I had interviewed him, I think, um, mm. a couple weeks prior about some of his best calls. And so I reached out to him again and I was like, hey, I'm going to be at the ballpark. Like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, hey, just come with me. So he met me up in the press box. Um, he took me straight down in the clubhouse and he just like walked me over. I remember he, he walked me over to Robbie Ray and we just kind of started talking to Robbie Ray. And then we walked over to Mitch Haniger. He was rehabbing Everett that day. Um, but we went over and talked to Mitch. And so he kind of just like facilitated me feeling comfortable. That's um, awesome. And then obviously I talked to like Corey Brock is also fantastic. He's a really, really nice dude. Um, yeah. And so I got to meet those guys. It's it's really cool. Um, it's super fun. Just like I obviously, even in the time that I was there, I didn't feel super comfortable like walking up to guys and just like asking questions. And um, mm. I didn't feel that comfortable yet. But being in the clubhouse, being around the guys is is really, really cool. And then being able to go out on the field and watch their preparation pregame is really mm. cool because that's stuff we don't you don't get to see on TV. Like you don't get to see them work with Perry Hill before the game. You don't get to see how animated he is. Um, and so being able to watch the BP on the field is a, is a whole new experience and a, a really, really cool one. And then being able to watch the game from the, the press box is also really, really interesting. So it's just a really fun way to take in a game. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's absolutely awesome. And then being able to be in the pressers with Scott, it's, it's a yeah. surreal feeling. Um, just like, cause like, you know, the cameras behind you, like, you know, the people are watching it at home, but you're like right there. Um, so I've been through the whole, the whole process of everything. And it, it was a really, really cool thing that I got to do. 
what are your main objectives with content creating? Do you have any like core philosophies or goals that you set out to accomplish? Um, I would say I really try to kind of stay in, I, I'm not a, I, I'm more of like a true, um, true journalist, I guess you could say like, I'm not going to be like a, I'm never going to be a really clickbaity type of person. I want to mm-hmm. give like real honest, um, you're very objective and I, and I really yeah. appreciate that about you. Yeah. That's, that's honestly what I try to be is really objective. Um, no matter what, like no matter mm-hmm. if I have a relationship with a player or, or what the case may be, or if I think a guy is, is really struggling, I try to be really objective and see it from both sides. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I go with it. I, I do my best to like use some of my playing experience and like my, uh, I do know a little bit about the swing and, and stuff like that. So I try to use like draw on some of those things and just be really, really objective. And I try to be fair to the players first and foremost, because I know how hard their jobs are. Um, yep. So that's ultimately my objective. And and I'm not going to, I'm more of a true journalist in the fact that I'm never going to be really click clickbaity with my headlines on things. Um, I just want to talk ball. Like I don't, I, I'm not right. trying to lure anybody in with any like crazy hot takes or anything like that. I just, just want to talk about the Mariners uh, just like I'm talking with somebody uh, while watching a game or something like that. Right. So, right. Do you have any big dreams or goals for your future doing this or just the future of sea level? Yeah. I mean, obviously like I, I think kind of my goal um, kind of all the way going back, like I can remember uh, this is actually a fun fact that I didn't mention earlier. I, when I was 12, I, um, I actually won the Mariners like ultimate fan from Idaho. Um, oh really? Like I'm from Boise, so I won the Mariners Ultimate Fan from Idaho, and I I was on TV for like a I don't know 30 second segment. They showed like my picture and stuff. Didn't think much of it. Like it was, I mean, it was really cool at the time. Mm-hmm. But a couple months later, they reached out um, and were like, "Hey, like we want to get you to a game as like one of the Ultimate Fan from Idaho." So I got to go to a game. They Root Sports hooked it up with like a hotel room for me and my dad. Um, and then I Suck. walked out on the red the red carpet with the moose before the game. I was 12, <laughs> right? So like yeah. this meant the world to me. Um, and so I always from then I kind of felt like I was destined to do something in sports or I was supposed to do something in sports. Um, and so I guess my dream has always been to just like just talk about talk, right? be about baseball um, full time. So like if that was ever an opportunity for me to do just baseball stuff, if whether it's with sea level or mm-hmm. whether, whether it's somewhere else um, being full time covering baseball is like my only thing that would be, that's like the ultimate dream. Um, and it's been that way for as long as I can pretty much remember, but I specifically remember being the ultimate fan and being like, yeah, like this is, I want to be involved with this game for a really long time. So that's sick. That's sick. Yeah. That um, awesome. What are you most proud of? Ooh, um, man, probably. I mean, I think now looking back on it, it is pretty cool that I got to interview Julio 
Um, yeah. That was before he kind of like busted out into mm-hmm. being a, the star that we know today. So looking back on that, like that is, and that was just basically by happenstance. Uh, that was I, really cool. I think you said it was right after he hit the inside the Parker in spring training. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was literally like I think the next day. <laughs> like that's crazy. That interview was hilarious. Um, I was just like, I think I asked him something about like playing center field, and he's like, "Yeah, no, like it's not that hard. You just like see it off the bat, and it just comes right at you, and you go get it." And I was like, "Oh, because that was when he was just shifting to being right. able to play center field. Like nobody thought this guy could play center field." Yeah. Um, and so that was pretty cool looking back on it. Um, it's I guess just recently, that easy, Ben. Yeah, it's just that easy, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe for Julio, it is. Um, <laughs> recently, though, uh, we at at sea level, I would say my my goal for the off season was to get to a hundred paid subscribers, um, mm-hmm. and since September, um, we're up three hundred percent. So wow. we're at that's awesome, over, man! Congratulations! Yeah, last night we broke over two hundred. That's with awesome. Sander Stokey stuff, um, and so that's been that was a huge goal of mine was to get to 100 this offseason let alone 200 um has been a really really cool experience so it's, it's julio probably in the big picture and then recently since that happened last night that was a big goal of mine all offseason that i've been chasing so that that one felt pretty good more from my conversation with ben ranieri in just a moment but first a reminder this episode of the locked on Mariners podcast is brought to you by fanduel with football officially in the books and some time before baseball gets underway, why don't you try your hand at betting on some hoops? Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-D-O-N. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. I'm here with Ben Ranieri of Level. So, uh, Ben, let's talk some ball. Yeah, let's do it. I've asked uh, Mariner Mojo, Marine Lair. Uh, now I'm going to ask you just your overall thoughts on this offseason. You and I have talked about this a lot. Uh, of course, but uh, I'm sure the people listening want to want to hear what your thoughts are overall on what's happened over the last few months with this team. Yeah, I think it it was, I mean, it was such a such a wave of kind of emotions and how things went because um, obviously, like I came into the off season really having high hopes for mm-hmm. this team. Like I thought it was, I mean, I didn't think that they were going to push. The payroll to like 200 million but i thought i mean we can push the payroll here to 165 175 like in territories that they've been before and really get this thing going um and then to hear the rsn stuff was is pretty disappointing um obviously and it kind of felt like the sky was falling for a little while and and the mariners community um and <laughs> i was a big Big, big Gino fan. Um, again, try, I try to be objective, and I, I know that there was some decline there. And so that trade hurt. Um, that yeah. one hurt, and it was like, oh, man, like what direction are we going in here? And then the Kelnick trade, like I get it. I get 
I get that they're trying to cut payroll and that's the way that they had to do it. But like, man, like that's a real shot to the groin there with uh, trading a guy that you had such high hopes for in Jared Kelnick in a trade like that. Yeah. Um, it's just Brutal. not the way that you wanted to see that happen. And so for a while there, it's like, man, like what are they going to be able to do? Are they going to be able to sign a free agent? Um, and then ever since then, man, like whatever you want to say about this front office, like if you, if you don't think they've done a good job this off season, that's, that's your, it's your right to think that. Um, but if you don't think that they care and if you don't think that they probably turned over every rock and stone to try to make this team better. I just, I think that you're wrong. Um, I'm really glad that they've chosen to go this direction instead of running it back. I don't think running it back was the right idea. And one thing that I talked about, this is going to come out on my show tomorrow. um, I'm really happy with the type people that they've chosen to bring in this off season. Like I think Scott service said like, this is the hungriest team he's been around. Mm. I don't know if this is what he means, but like, obviously like Cal and JP and Julio and those guys, like they're pissed off. They didn't make the playoffs last year and they're hungry. They want to win anyways, but I love the guys that they've brought in this off season. I think Mitch Garver from everything I've heard is he prepares to play uh, Jorge Polanco he's a worker and he prepares to play. And then we know Mitch Hanniger, yep. the guy prepares to play. And so I love the dude was down in Arizona, people. like three weeks ahead of time. Yes. Yes. And like yeah. the type of people that they've brought in and the type of uh, preparation that those guys put in. Hmm. And in addition to like how good they are as players, I think it's a, it's been a really good off season, all things considered. What are your, overall expectations now for for this team in 2024 i i mean one thing it's easy to forget that this team was like right on the heels of the astros and the rangers right the two teams that were uh in the alcs um this team is still like i know a lot of people seem to think that they're like completely mediocre but they have some really good pitching like the pitching, as long as it stays healthy, is going to carry this team. Um, yep. And so I still have high expectations. Like, I don't see how they're – I do not see how they're worse than last year. Obviously, like, it's easy to say that now knowing what we know about how Colton Wong and, and Teo turned out. But mm-hmm. I have been – and I know you've said this on your show, and I said this in talking to you a couple weeks ago, but I've been really big on the train of, like, just – get too much, get too many guys that can contribute. Yeah. And they have a ton of guys now. Like, yeah. Um, they're not even going to have to count on a guy like Ryan bliss this year. Um, hopefully like right. a guy like Ryan bliss and some of these guys that they've acquired, they just have so much more depth than they've had the last two seasons. So while the lineup might on paper look pretty similar to how it did on opening day last year, I, I still think it's better um, than it was last opening day they are incredibly deep um in a lot of different positions they have guys that they can just stash down in triple a and a lot of guys that i believe in down in triple a like kid marlow is probably going to start the year in triple a um he's a really good player uh i really like him and just they have so much more depth i think this is a playoff team um i really do i think i actually think 
they're going to finish. I think I'm not going to pick them ahead of the Astros. Uh, I just, right. it's, it's never, hard to bet against the never, Astros. Never, never bet against weird Astro magic. No, players. I'm not going to yeah. bet against the Astros, but I think they can, I think they can be better than the Rangers this year. I really yeah. do. Like, I think that team is, um, obviously they're going to have a full season of Evan Carter and they got Wyatt Langford waiting in the wings. So like yeah. they got some, they got some reinforcements coming. They're going to be, but they still got a pitch. They still, they got, still a pitch, got a pitch though. So, and, and like, they might score like 10 runs every single game, but yes, they might give up 11. <laughs> and Hey man, like at, at the end of the day too, like, um, remember how long it took Dylan Moore to come back Yeah, from core muscle surgery? Like Corey Seager yeah. has, it's not like he's just going to roll. I mean, he might, I'm not going to put it past Corey Seager, but <laughs> like, that's not necessarily a guarantee is what I'm saying. Um, right. Yeah. And they're definitely, it's weird to say it, but they're probably an older team. Well, Mariners too. Like they're Simeon's done that up and down thing. Like, yeah. you know, one year he's kind of mediocre. The next year he's an MVP candidate. Don't get me wrong. Like I have, there's questions still like right. not super yeah. solid on the, I don't feel great about the corner outfield situation. Um, I definitely don't feel great about that. I don't, no. I don't know how like the back or like the, uh, I guess, middle of the bullpen and the bottom of the bullpen is going to end up turning out, but I have no really worries about this front office and putting together a bullpen. So I, I think it's going to be a really good team. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, mm. So I got, I got high expectations for them. All right. Well, Ben, I want to thank you so much for hopping on here with me for the uh, third episode of the Mariners content creator spotlight. Um, let everyone know where they can find your work. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at BenRenary10, um, and you can go subscribe to my Substack at clevelbr.com. Um, it's just $5 a month if you want to come support it, and you'll get access to everything I do. I'll probably do, um, for the most part, a daily podcast, at least during the week, during the season. Um, so it's $5 a month, $40 for a year, and you get a Julio Rodriguez rookie card with that. Um, or... You can do $65 for a um, MVP subscription and you get an autograph card with that. And I got some pretty good ones. Um, pretty good ones waiting in the wings for whoever wants to come grab those. So um, yeah, come subscribe to C-Level, whether it's free or paid. Um, and I'll get some good content out there for you this season. And you're also, I think we're planning on you joining me next week. I yeah, think next Friday, uh, we're going to be talking some Thai France. We're going to be talking about driveline in general and just talk more ball. So if you guys enjoyed uh, the tail end of this conversation. You're going to get more of it next week because Colby's out of town. So Ben's going to be uh, hopping on here with me. It's going to be a yep. lot of fun. Thanks yep, so much, Ben. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again to Ben for hopping on with me. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. I cannot recommend his Substack enough. If you are a Mariners fan and want some of the best Mariners content out there, go subscribe to his Substack right now, clevelbr.com. Again, cannot recommend it enough. It is really, really good stuff. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. I've been your host, Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Tidane Gonzalez and my co-host Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.